This is an audio-only version of the video series broadcast on YouTube. If you want to experience Me, Myself, and Die as it was originally intended, search for Me, Myself, and Die on YouTube, Facebook, or Rumble. Or go to www.memyselfanddie.com. All of the show's playlists, social media links, and other material can be found there. And now, Me, Myself, and Die. So Edbert's not going to get any kind of bonus or anything like that. He's just going to do a brawling roll to grab him and basically tackle him to the ground. Does he do it? His brawling is only five. He's at minus one because of his penalty against this guy who actually was responsible for eliminating his penalty. It's an awful thing to do, but Edbert's sometimes awful. Well, hello and welcome back once again to Me, Myself, and I. I am, as always, your intrepid GM host and player, Trevor DeVal. Thank you so much for joining me. And if you do like the show today, please do hit like and subscribe. Very much does help the show. And if you want to help the show in other ways, you can either uh, join up to the Patreon, the, the sign up to the Patreon, whatever, it's in the, the link below, or uh, purchase the products I use in the show through DriveThruRPG. The links are also in the description box below. So, last time, Edbert had... Been involved in a sea battle, which the captain, Ero Nicola, tried valiantly to save his uh, ship, the Drunken Ghoul, from the depredations of the pursuing free lord vessel, the Grey Mariner. We discovered that there was a member of the Order of the Purifying Flame on board, an assassin by the name of Vale. We don't know why, we don't know how, we just know that she was somehow in command of the ship and that this ship was pursuing them because they were after Edbert. The ship battle was lost, the drunken ghoul was boarded, and overwhelmed by the crew, the pirates of the Grey Mariner. That led to a one-on-one duel between Vale and Edbert, which Edbert lost, simply and mostly because he was already wounded, he was down to zero from his battle with Wyndham. While Edbert gave as good as he got and knocked Vale down pretty bad, she was able to defeat him. And so too were the crew of the Drunken Ghoul defeated. So before we move on, there's a few little housekeeping things I want to take care of. First of all, we're going to officially end that scene, which means that the Chaos Factor is going to go up to six. And also, we're of course adding the characters of Vale, the Assassin, the Grey Mariner, which is the ship uh, of the, the, the Free Lords, and Captain Shores Greta, who was the captain of the Mariner, who we have not yet met, and we may never meet, we'll see, but we probably will. I have given Edward some XP, <laughs> just because he quote-unquote lost, doesn't mean he doesn't gain experience. So he's going to gain eight, six of which he's going to spend on his withstand injury skill to raise that to seven, which leaves him two XP left over for potential use of luck. He did not have any last time, otherwise he might have used it. There was also a new NPC added, which we determined was a saboteur from the Free Lords that was on board the Drunken Ghoul trying to sabotage the ship in the midst of the battle, and of of course that saboteur succeeded. Now I have an idea about this saboteur, and I'm going to reveal that in a moment. But the crew of the Drunken Ghoul are taken captive by the crew of the Grey Mariner. Those that are still alive, those that threw down their weapons and surrendered, are taken on board as prisoners. Perhaps some of them will turn and join the crew of the Grey Mariner, but uh, we'll, we'll see how that all works out. So here's the question. Did Captain Ero Nicola survive? I think the answer is probably likely. I don't think that the captain, what was his name, Shoris Greta, of the Grey Mariner is going to execute him. Because Shoris Greta is looking for this treasure map, 
it is Vale the Assassin who is out for Edbert, but I, I believe that Shores Greta uh, <laughs> is looking for the treasure map that Aero Nicola has. So the question is, did they kill Aero Nicola? I, I think it's very unlikely. Very unlikely did they kill him. They did not kill him, which means he's still alive. So here's an idea. I think the reason why they didn't kill him, because you know, they're pirates. Why wouldn't they kill the other captain? Did they know each other? There could be all kinds of reasons, but I think the most interesting reason that comes to my mind right now is the fact that Aeronicola has the map, but the map doesn't exist on paper. Oh, no, no, no. So here on the deck of the Grey Mariner, Edbert, Captain Nicola, and uh, uh, Wicked Carlos just happen to be surrounded by all of the enemies here. Vale and the captain, Shoras Greta, have them, you know, bound on their knees kind of thing, total submission, they are captured. There's nothing really they can do. Edward himself is, is knocked down to minus seven, so he's not dead. You're only dead at minus 12 in this game. Vale stands over Edbert. Edbert, beaten, bruised, bleeding, but very much alive, looks up to her. So, I suppose now you're gonna what? Make me walk the plank or something? She looks at him kind of smiles thinly, looks over at Greta here, and says to him, Captain, I want this man, Edbert, brought below and separated from the other prisoners. I do not want him conspiring with them to escape. Now, we don't know anything about Greta, because this is the first time we've met him, so in order to find out a little bit about him, we are not, in fact, going to Une. We are going to a new supplement that I'm going to use for now called Maze Rats. This is a PDF you can buy on DriveThruRPG, and the link to that is in the description below. This is a game unto itself, but what I really love about it is the, uh, the random tables here. So let's find out a little bit about Greta. Personality is going to be 6-3. Stubborn, okay. And his mannerism, hypnotic. <laughs> what's it, what's he look like? Let's look at his appearances. Craggy. So he's stubborn, hypnotic, and craggy. So he's he's weathered like a good pirate captain would be. He's 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 got long scars on his face. Yes, I think perhaps <laughs> this is this is the character that is coming to me. So I think short as Greta. Greta turns to Vale and says, Mistress Vale, I would take this opportunity to remind you that I am still master on board this vessel, and it is I who give the orders about what's to happen to my prisoners. You are free to do what you like with your prisoners, Captain, but this man, Edbert, is my prisoner, and he will go below, separated from the others. Do you understand? Now, Vale is in command here for some reason, we don't know why, but she is. We determined that kind of uh, from the last episode. I think Greta kind of very stubbornly sort of grits his teeth in frustration and says, Before I do anything with this prisoner or any of the others, I wish to find out some information from the good Captain Nicola here. And he looks at Nicola, he comes down, and he gets right eye to eye to him. And he says, Tell me, Captain, where is the treasure map? Nicola who is alive, beaten, bloody, scarred, cuts, bruises, you know, the survivor of, a, of an attack, looks at him defiantly. I don't have it because it's destroyed. But before it were destroyed, I committed it to memory. The only copy of the map that currently exists is in my mind. Mm. You destroyed the only map to the treasure? Seemed like a good bit of insurance. Don't you think? If you kill me, no one will ever find it. Take them all below! And gives the order and the, the men kind of drag the captain below. But as they're dragging Carlos away, he kind of 
he kind of pulls back a bit and he says, wait, wait. And he looks directly at Vale and he says, surely Vale, you will not put me below, not after what I have done for you. She looks at Carlos. You have served your usefulness, that is true. Usefulness? What must I do to prove my affections to you? I have betrayed my own crew, sabotaged my own ship, all for you. All for the chance that you would show me some love. Remember, yes, he was contemplating love, and I've decided that the reason why is because the saboteur, which we determined was a new NPC, is in fact not a new NPC, but a new aspect of a current NPC, and that NPC is Wicked Carlos, who betrayed his captain and crew in order to gain the love of Vale the Assassin. <laughs> does she let him go, or does she clap him in irons with the rest of them? I don't know. I don't really know anything about the personality of, of Vale. Let's find out. Let's find out her personality once again using maze rats. She's menacing. That makes sense. <laughs> Captain, I recommend you take all the prisoners below. Even this one. No. How can you do this to me? After all I have done for you! And they, they haul him off, kicking and screaming. Which leaves only Edbert alone on the deck with Vale as the rest of the men are going about doing their thing. Look, Vale. If you're gonna kill me, I just assume you did it now and get it over with. <laughs> kill you? Why on earth would I do that? You're very lucky, Edward, that it was I who found you. There are many among my order who would have killed you on sight. But Sherilyn's spirit bane was my friend. And I will see justice done. I will see that you stand trial for her murder. I don't suppose it would mean anything to you if I told you that I didn't do it. <laughs> of course you would say that. Take him away. Drag him away to the underbelly of the ship. Edward is taken to the hold. He is taken to a separate area of the hold and basically roped his hands together, chained to the wall, whatever the case is, he's not going anywhere. He obviously to take his weapons. So where are they going? Obviously, Vale wants to take Edbert back to the rest of the Order where she can force him to stand trial for a murder that she's convinced he committed. I think that there's going to be a port. I think there's going to be a port town, a port city, something like that, where perhaps the rest of the Order is, or maybe most of them are, or whether where they're going to reconvene at some point. So to get the town name, we're going to random tables two. Just looking at the names of the tables, I, I'm not going to roll on this one because I want something appropriately you know, piratey or something to the setting, so I'm just picking one at random. Stormsworth. Well, like Stormsworth. Let's go with that. Anyway, as the Grey Mariner makes its way to Stormsworth, at the end of the first day, Edbert, still recovering, delirious, in and out of consciousness, is visited by Vale. She comes in, all menacing as she is, fully painted. <laughs> she looks at him for long moments in silence. Just unreadable expression on her face. Until finally she says to him, why did you do it? Why did I do what? Why did you kill my friend? Why did you murder the leader of my order? You were employed to help her, but you killed her. <laughs> you know, Vale, I could sit here and tell you all kinds of stories. Truth, lies, I could tell you whatever I like. But something tells me that no matter what I decide to tell you, you're not going to believe it. I have been hunting you for months and months. My order has tracked you all through the Northlands, south of the mountains, east into the Great Plains, west 
to the city of Hundatora, south to the Serpent's Teeth island chain. Finally, I find you here. I thought I would give you one last chance to explain yourself. To tell me if there is some reason that you did what you did. I tried to save her. It didn't work. She died. Then she started to haunt me, to rob me of my sleep, to rob me of my mind, of my wits. No matter how many times I tried to apologize or to explain myself to her, she wouldn't have it. Just like you, she was bent on one narrative. Facts be damned. So, since I've tried and failed to explain myself to her when she does choose to manifest, I don't imagine I should waste any more of my breath explaining myself to you. So I'll tell you this then. You do what you gotta do. You bring me in to your order, and I will stand up straight and tell the truth about what happened. And if you decide to punish me for something I didn't do, then that will be on your head for the gods to judge. Impressive speech. Unfortunately, Edward is not much of a persuasive fella. Gonna roll a persuade. His persuade is at four. Does he move her at all with this? He actually moves her with this. I think he gets her to see that maybe, just maybe, there is some truth in what he's saying. There's something about his conviction, about his manner, about his absolute truthfulness in this case. He's not lying. He's telling the truth. There's something about it that just gives her pause for one second. And I think her menacing facade cracks for just a moment. We shall see, Edward. For in the end, it is, in fact, the gods that do pronounce judgment. But I confess there is another issue I came to speak to you about. He did succeed in the persuade. I want to know how she is. How she is? Sherilyn, she is haunting you of this, we know. You have just admitted as such. How is her undeath? <laughs> Let me get this straight. You members of the Order, whose whole business is putting down on death. Now that your leader, your leader, ironically, has become undead herself, and haunting an innocent man. You come to that innocent man who you persecute for her murder. And you want to know how her spirit is doing. She was, as I said, my friend. <laughs> the truth is, Vale, I haven't seen her in a long time. Although, I do expect her to show up any time now. So, I'll tell you what, Vale. If she does, I'll give her your regards. Do not toy with me, Edward. Though there is some truth in your tale, I have no doubt. 
Do not think for one moment that that will stop me from bringing you to the justice that you deserve. I think we're done here, V. She walks away. I, I know that Vale wants him to stand trial, so of course she's not just gonna let him die down here. So does she uh, command the ship's surgeon to go and tend him so he doesn't die? I think she does. I mean, she, she, she's made it pretty uh, clear that she wants him to live. So let's say that. So all that means is he's gonna heal at basically double the rate. Now, how long does it take them to reach Stormsworth? Like, is it three, four, five days, something like that? Is it a week or less? Let's just say that. Let's ask if it's a week or less. I think it's, I don't think it's going to be more than a week. In fact, it's a near sure thing that it's a week or less. Uh, oh my goodness. Zero, zero. <laughs> Look at that. That's an extreme no. I don't think that the port is more than a week away, but I think it's going to take them a lot longer to get there. And here's why. Because as the boat, the ship, as the ship plies through the waves, the Grey Mariner encounters a fierce storm which is going to severely delay them. And I think the reason why it delays them is because Greta is, is trying to navigate around the storm, but the storm keeps, it's almost like it's pursuing them. Almost like the hand of a goddess, perhaps. The goddess of the sea, who knows? There's a couple of sea gods as we established in uh, season one. I think the reason why it takes a week, a full week to get there is because not only is the captain trying to evade this storm, this massive storm that rolls in out of nowhere, but eventually they do get caught in it maybe halfway through, maybe like three or four days in. So after three days of being tended by the surgeon and, and getting as much rest as he possibly can, that puts him down to minus one, which is it's good, it's good. Edward starts to be made aware of trouble <laughs> and it's trouble because he can hear the creaking of the ship and he begins to feel as the ship is fighting the storm-tossed waves being uh, in the hold of a ship like this wounded as he is kind of in and out of consciousness it's not a very pleasant ride but i think that by the end of the third or fourth day the storm has fully hit the ship and it is bad i rolled a 100 for an extreme no on that answer so it is a bad storm those thunder is rolling the lightning is striking and all edward can see from his position is the flash of lightning through the slight cracks and the slats of the wood. He can hear the cries of men and he can hear the ringing of the ship's bell and all kinds of stuff. But my question is for Edward, does the storm afford him an opportunity to escape his bonds? I think that Edward's gonna take any opportunity he gets. I think the storm is really bad. I did roll a 100. So all of the crew is completely dedicated to preventing the ship from capsizing or being swamped by the gargantuan waves that are swelling outside and, and tossing the ship like a cork on the ocean. So he certainly is not under guard, so that would give him a lot of opportunity, a lot of time to try and figure something out. So you know what I'm going to call it? Um, somewhat likely. Cast factor 6, and we get 43, which is a yes. Okay, so what is the opportunity? Now remember, this is just an opportunity to escape. This doesn't mean he's going to escape. He's going to have to, you know, roll on his skills or whatever. So what is the nature of the opportunity? 68. Carelessness. Ooh, I like the sound of this already. <laughs> Carelessness, 10. Carelessness, good. Carelessness of good. You know what it is? Ha <laughs> ha. It's the surgeon. Carelessness of good. The surgeon was doing good. The surgeon was trying to heal his charge. But the last time the surgeon came in to bind his wounds, it was in the middle of the storm. I think the surgeon was the only guy that came down to actually check on Edbert because he's a surgeon. And he comes in. He's changing Edbert's bandages and such. It stands to reason that the door to this little little section of the hold in the belly of the ship is locked. 
and that the surgeon would have a key to it because he goes in to tend Edward. This is really bad, but Edward has to do it. We'll use this little unpainted mini here of this, uh, this guy as the surgeon. So as the surgeon comes in, he's dressing Edward's wounds as the ship is rocking back and forth, up and down, heaving, heaving on the, the storm-wracked seas and waves as the surgeon finishes tending Edbert's wounds. And the surgeon has been very good with Edbert. He is a good man. He is a surgeon, carelessness of good. There's a, a shout and a scream from, from somewhere up on deck as one of the men shouts, uh, Doctor, get up here, get up here, man down. And as the, the surgeon goes to turn to go up on deck, Edbert, now to minus one penalty, leaps up with the chains around his wrists and grabs behind the surgeon and goes to try and strangle him. He's not trying to kill him. He's just trying to render him unconsciousness so he can get that key. Does he do it? This is very important. This is his potentially one escape attempt. Oh my goodness. We're gonna call this a brawling roll. I do not think that the, the, the surgeon is aware of this, but I'm gonna give him a quick uh, a quick awareness roll. Oh, he does! He does notice it! So as Edbert leaps up, the surgeon hears the clank of chains and spins around so Edbert does not surprise him. Edbert plows into him nonetheless, so Edbert's not gonna get any kind of bonus or anything like that. He's just going to do a brawling roll to grab him and basically tackle him to the ground. Does he do it? His brawling is only five. He's at minus one because of his penalty against this guy who actually was responsible for eliminating his penalty. It's an awful thing to do, but Edward's sometimes awful. <laughs> He's got to spend a luck. I did give two APs for luck. Now there's one, so this is going to go up by three, or actually two because of the penalty. So now his brawling is at seven. Oh, right on the button because of the luck. He grabs the surgeon and tackles him to the ground. The surgeon's choking, choking, trying to, you know, push Edward off. Oh, grasping at the chains, trying to pull the chains off from around his neck. Edward's choking and choking. Now, I'm not doing this brawling attack as a proper melee combat. I'm just resolving it basically with one roll. But I will give the surgeon a chance to do a withstand injury against it. I don't think his withstand injury is going to be great. He's a surgeon. He's not a fighter. So I'm going to say it's five. Does he withstand? He does not. So that means he takes seven damage. Again, Edward's not trying to kill him. He's basically trying to incapacitate him. And I think with that... He does. He put him down to minus two just for the sake of simplicity because of what's going on. I'm going to say that Edward basically gets what he wants. It's just a few minutes of Edward pushing and pushing as the ship is heaving in the waves until finally the, the surgeon falls unconscious. Was the doctor armed? I mean, probably not. He probably had a knife. Edward takes a knife. <laughs> just in case. Edward grabs the key to the door. Now here's the thing. What are the odds that there's actually a key to his chains? Mmm, I mean, this that was his hope, right? But it's not necessarily the case. Maybe the captain or Vale insisted that only she had the, the key to his chains. So I'm going to say that it's very unlikely that there's a key to his shackles on this ring because there wouldn't be, right? But our chaos factor is so high, so that gives us a 45% chance of a yes. Oh my goodness, zero six is an extreme yes. There is, there is, there is, there is a... Um, a key to his shackles. He immediately undoes the shackles and the extreme yes, what else is there? There's something else about that key ring, but I think Edbert now, in the midst of the storm, is going to try and 
sneak his way under the belly of the ship. As Edward is sneaking through the hull of the ship, my question is, does he come across the other prisoners? Does he come across the crew of the, of the, of the drunken ghoul, and specifically Captain Nicola? Well, there's a pretty good chance. Oh, wait a minute. That's what the extreme yes, that's what the extreme yes is. <laughs> Not only is this ring of keys uh, able to open his door and his locks, it is a master key that opens all of the prisoner's locks. It is like the, the jailer's key. It's like a skeleton key kind of thing. I did roll an extreme, yeah, so. Great, Edbert is able to come across the captain who is probably uh, uh, locked up alone. Well, actually, let, let's ask Fechar. Is Captain Nicola alone or is, is he with uh, some other um, crewman? So it's unlikely he's alone. Which gives us a to be. So, yeah, he is alone, actually. Okay, so Edward comes in and sees that Nicola is, he's not in a separate room, but he's sort of like tucked away behind a bunch of barrels and crates and things like this. And he comes up, again, trying to avoid any other of the Grey Mariners crew that might be down here. And he sees him, again, the ship is heaving, tossing. Edward comes up and, and undoes his shackles. And Nicola looks up. Well, I don't know how you'll manage to grab those keys, but. I'm not one to look a gift to us in the mouth. We've got to get off this ship now. What about the rest of your men? How many of his men survived as a percentage? You know what? I'm just going to roll percentiles. And that is the percentage of men that were taken captive. Uh, 69. So the majority of them. 69, dude. 69% <laughs> of his guys uh, are on board, although I think a lot of them are wounded and, and you know, maybe sick now as well because of this, this horrible storm. Your men, if we freed them, are they able to fight? Fight? With what weapons? I wonder if this key opens the armory as well. There's gonna be an armory on board the ship. Is it on this level or is it one level above? Probably one level above because I think they're in sort of the bowels of the hull and as they go up to the next level, there's a much greater chance they're gonna run into somebody. Rather, the question is, is the armory one level above? I think it's a near sure thing. Uh, 55. Ooh, 55 is a, is a yes, and we have a random event. Nicholas says, Typically on board a ship like this, the armory's gonna be one level above, but I wouldn't expect the armory to be unguarded, even in the middle of a storm like this. Right, well, that seems our best bet then. We've gotta get into that armory, get some weapons, arm your men, freedom, and take this ship. Well, what's the random event? Focus of this random event, 59. PC negative. This is gonna affect uh, Edbert. Five, recruit. 25. Friendship. Recruit. Recruitment of friendship. Oh. Recruitment of friendship. Negative. I know what it is. I think as they're talking about this, Nicholas says, All right. Well, it might be our only and best chance to get out of here, so let's go. And they begin to sneak their way through the bowels of the ship, getting up to the next level and trying to sneak their way up to the armory. However, PC negative recruitment of friendship. <laughs> As they move up and are moving their way through the ship, as I said, there's a much greater chance of them encountering somebody up here. And they do encounter someone. Recruitment of friendship, BC negative, and who they encounter walking around the corner, quite taking them by surprise, is Carlos, armed with a saber, quite free. Apparently, Vale had a change of heart and decided that perhaps he could be freed after all since he was so intent on comprehending her love and, and gaining her affections. But they lock eyes as Carlos comes around the corner. You, how did you escape your chains? Edward kind of holds up the keys. Does it really matter? And then, boom, the fight is on. 
<laughs> Edward's going to launch himself at him. He's got a knife. So here's the thing. The captain is also back here as well. The captain doesn't have anything other than his fist. The captain has brawling. Well, we know Carlos's stats. His timing is still plus two. And the captain, I'm just going to give the captain sixes across the way. So Edbert rolls his timing and he has no penalties because of the weapon. So he's rolling plus seven to this roll. He rolls a nine. And Edbert's at minus one, actually. So his timing is actually six. Carlos is rolling with a timing of plus two. He rolls a four. Nicola's on six. He's going to do 14. So Nicola actually goes first, which means that the lowest initiative is, or the lowest timing rather, is Carlos. So Carlos declares first. Well, Carlos sees Edbert launching himself at him. I think Carlos, he's going to try and dodge out of the way and strike with his saber, which is going to give him a, a multi-action penalty of minus one. The next to declare is Edbert. He's going to strike and parry, multi-action penalty. And finally, Nicola sees this, and I think Nicola is going to try and maybe they're near the, the galley, and he picks up like a like a wooden cutting board or something to smash him over the head or something like that. So he's going to do just a, a straight up strike. Modifier phase. Um, but, but, but the only one who does anything here is Edbert and Carlos. Edbert's going to parry. His parry is normally seven, but he's, he's got a minus one injury and he's minus one multi, so he's rolling at five. Does he parry at five? He does. Carlos is dodging. His dodging is not great. It's only four, and he will just miss with a roll of a five. Nicola goes first. He's rolling on uh, six with a strike and he does! Oh, Nicola cracks, possibly cracks Carlos over the head with, <laughs> with this board. So he does a withstand injury against this now. Uh, his withstand injury is five. Does he knock off any of this? He does not. Carlos takes six. Oh, that's awesome. Carlos takes six, which knocks him down to minus one. <laughs> so this all happens like lightning. Captain Nicola grabs the the board and smashes the side of Carlos's head, ringing his bell at the exact same time. Edbert goes in with his knife to try and plunge it into the unsuspecting Carlos. Does he succeed? He is rolling on a strike of eight minus one for the multi-action penalty and one for the injury. So he's rolling on six. Does he roll a six? He does not. So he is unable to strike uh, Carlos. Carlos is at minus one, but does uh, get an attack at Edbert with his strike. His strike is normally seven with that saber, but uh, minus one penalty makes it down to six. Multi-action makes it uh, five. And Edbert's successful parry makes it three. So does he attack? He misses. Okay, great. Now we go back to the next round. Edbert is mizey. He's rolling at plus six for his timing, which is going to be on top. Look at that. <laughs> Look at me, 17. We'll do uh, Nicola as well. Plus six, he's going to be on 10. And Carlos is now on one because he's injured, which is going to be six. So once again, he goes last. He declares first. Well, he's just been smashed in the head. He's fighting two guys. He knows that Edbert has bested him before. I think Carlos's best option in this case is to try and turn and run. So in Dominion rules, in order to extract yourself from a combat, he's got to try and get out of melee range and he's going to declare a retreat move. That means Edbert, wounded as he is with his knife, is going to strike once. That's it. Also, Nicola is going to try and smash him again in the modifier phase. Roll less than or equal to your movement stat subject to any modifiers, minus one, because he's wounded. So his movement is actually four now. So does he succeed? If he succeeds in this, he moves immediately. Does he succeed? He does not, which means you remain in melee, thus exposed to attacks. 
until the end of the resolution phase when he breaks away. So if he survives the coming <laughs> resolution phase, he will be able to move towards the stairs over here to run up and possibly warn the rest of the crew and shout over the storm, over the chaos. Here we go. The first one to act is Edbert with his single strike. He's striking at eight minus one wound penalty, which means seven. He does hit with a six. Carlos rolls his withstand injury of seven, and he does not. Carlos takes six oh! damage. That puts him at minus seven. Carlos, at this moment, is defeated, but the round's not over yet. Nicola comes in with one blast. <laughs> boy, oh boy, he could actually kill him with this. Does Nicola hit with six? He does for five. This could, oh my God. He comes, so, so Edward comes in and stabs the, the turning to retreat. Carlos basically stabs him in the back as Nicola comes in and smashes him over the head with a potential damage of five. He rolls his withstand injury of seven and he will take away six, so he takes one more point. Carlos is not dead, but he is at minus eight. Carlos goes careening down, in this case, knocked out completely, wonk! Edbert grabs his saber and they begin to continue their way. Is Edbert the type? He is bloodthirsty. Does he kill? Carlos in a rage. He is bloodthirsty, but they are in a rush. I'm going to say it's very unlikely that he that he stops to take the time to dispatch him. And the answer is 87. He does not. It's not extreme. No. Maybe he's about to. Maybe he's thinking about it. And, and Captain Nicholas says, there's no time for that. We've got to go. They move up. To, well, they're already on the second level, so they're moving to the armory. Is there anybody else here? Again, I highly doubt it. I highly doubt there's anybody in the way between them and the armory. There would normally be a guard posted, but it is the middle of a storm. All hands on deck are needed. I'm going to say it is no way. There's no way that there's a guard at the door, which gives a 25% chance there is no guard at the door. They get to the armory and they are able to unlock the armory and pull weapons. Now, they can't pull a bunch of stuff. There's just two of them, but I think they grab enough of them. Certainly, uh, Edward grabs a longsword and uh, probably a shield, and they make their way with this bundle of weapons, trying to be as quiet as they can, sneaking back down to the bowels of the ship where they go to the rest of the prisoners. All 69% of the Drunken Ghoul's prisoners and those who are able to fight are given weapons, handed out one after another. Wow. Well, I did not expect this. I did not expect that in the midst of this Storm, on the way to Stormsworth, the town of Stormsworth, that there's going to be a battle that erupts from underneath the ship as these wounded, haggard prisoners are going to try and take the ship by surprise in the middle of the storm. Are they going to be able to do it? Uh, it's, it's not very likely, but you know what? The dice will always tell the story, but you're going to have to tune in next time to find out what happens. Thank you so much for joining me, and if you do enjoy the show, please do hit like and subscribe, and if you want to support the show on Patreon, there's a link for that below. Thanks so much for tuning in once again, and we'll see you next time on the next episode of Me, Myself, and die.